Hello and welcome to Braveheart Conversations, where we learn the art of love through brave and compassionate conversations. I'm Jillian Aurora. And I'm Marie Wallace. And we are your hosts today. Okay, welcome to Braveheart Conversations. I am Jillian Aurora and this is my co-host Marie Wallace. Hi guys. Hello, hello, good morning. And today I'm excited to talk about standards, non-negotiable standards. And um, many of us have standards that are suffering. And this is a really, really important piece of relationships. And, you know, as we've talked about uh, the last few weeks, the, the month of July has been about flourishing relationships, right? Um, it is the time of year where everything around us is flourishing and green and happy and growing. And so that's what we wanted to talk about in our relationships because we sometimes talk about the, the relationships that are dead and dying and needing an upgrade or needing some revision. And so now, you know, we really wanted to talk about the things that make a relationship flourish and nurture them. And, you know, we all need a little fertilizer sometimes. And so, uh, flipping back. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, we, we definitely talk about the pruning. I have like a whole course about pruning. Um, but yeah, today we want to talk about standards because that's a really, really vital part of any relationship. Um, very vital even prior to having a relationship, knowing yourself. Standards require knowing a lot about yourself um, in order to know what your standards are because everyone's standards are different. So uh, let's do a little definition work at first. So what is a standard? I like to define standards as what the requirement is to access you. And when I say you, I define that by your time, your attention, your labor, your resources, and your body. Those are like the different aspects of you that people get to ask permission to have that, have access to you. So I talk, you know, we've talked about entitlement to self before. That's a little little bit of a precursor to standards. Um, You are entitled to you. You are entitled to your time, your attention, your labor, your resources, your body more than anybody else is. So that's a little bit of like a really, really quick um, foundation before we get to standards is we have to acknowledge that you have the right to you. You're entitled to you. Um, and you have rights. Your rights are to those pieces of you. So um, your standards then are the requirements that you hold to access those parts of you. For example, um, someone who wants to access my time, a standard to access my time would be Um, one that they ask permission to access my time, that they don't act entitled to my time. Uh, Two might be um, they are respectful of my time. They don't try to um, uh, take advantage of my time. So like extending time past what we agreed on, those sorts of things. So that's, those are a couple little examples of having a, a standard to access your time. Marie, do you want to give some just ideas around what you 
would define as a standard and maybe an example of a standard you hold? Well, that's a very good question. I have a, a lot of really good ones. Um, I think for me, it's uh, I have a lot of standards around how to um, talk with me, have conversations with me. And so um, it's very respectful. Like um, we talk about generous assumptions of both of us. Um, we talk about... Um, always seeing the best in the other person is the generous assumption and then no name calling no hitting below the belt or bringing up the past those are usually I love to have conversations with people and I I actually even have conversations where we both have very opposing views mm -hmm. and what makes it lovely is going oh I haven't thought of it that way before and it just allows for me to grow and expand as a person in them too but but that's just a little bit around like conversations because I love having cur courageous conversations, have a lot of them with um, Joe and it's just nice to have those general, you know, rules around how to treat me in, in a conversation. So that's just one of them. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. So standards, another um, easy way of thinking of standards that uh, is helpful for me is values plus rights equals standards. So there's again a little bit of foundational work that gets to be laid here before you can get to standards and that is knowing your values. Which means knowing yourself. <laughs> yeah and your values so um, you know a lot of these terms really get uh, mixed together a lot of the time so I want to take a, a moment to um, clarify what I'm saying each of these phrases that I'm using. So um, values, <clears throat> what I'm referring to is not the shoulds. We often, we often associate values with what we think we should want. We've all been taught to some degree what we should value, what should be important to us, um, whether that's political values or religious values or relationship values there's all cultural values there's a lot of values that we've been told we should have we're supposed to have and I'd really like to just undo all that programming you know everything is up for question you get to decide what you value what is important to you so this is really really deep and important self-discovery work that must be done before you can really have clear standards because again your standards are going to be your values plus your rights so when we're talking about values are the things that you desire most the things that you want most and your rights are the things that are you know we talk about inalienable rights right the basic human rights the things that we are entitled to we're entitled to ourselves right and there's also things that we are entitled to like safety right i have a right to safety in my relationships now i often will use the example that if i'm talking um, to a woman who's say in a domestic violence situation i can see her right to safety all day long but until she sees her right to safety until she believes that she has a right to safety it won't make any difference it won't make any difference that she has a right to safety that i see her right to safety that anybody sees her right to safety until she sees that she has a right to safety it won't matter 
and any of our rights are the same. When we believe we have the right to something, it changes the entire game. So I see a lot of women out there who don't um, value themselves enough to see their own basic rights. Like, I have the right to be in a relationship with no verbal abuse. Yeah. I have the right to be in a relationship without any financial coercion. I mean, there's a lot of really basic things that I can be on the outside looking in saying, well, yeah, absolutely, she has the right to those things. And unless she sees it, it won't matter. So, Marie, do you have anything to add to the rights? Well, I was thinking about some of the old paradigms of what a good girl does as far as rights go. You know, we have the right to um, choose our path right? Like that's a very basic, right? How we want things to do. Because I think about a good girl, because a good girl, when I was growing up, does this. You get married, you may, usually not encouraged to go to school. I fortunately had a dad that was very much about education, but but really don't go, you know, school wasn't part of it and you don't have kids before. I mean, just all the things like, mm -hmm. and you had to go down this certain path and, um, and so I just think the rights of being able to choose your path, what you desire, what you value, things that are important to you. Um, the other one is um, even kids' rights, like children are to be seen, not heard. Um, being able to speak up in a relationship because mm -hmm. when I first got married, it was I wasn't allowed to speak because my husband was my authority over me and it wasn't it wasn't a mutual conversation. Um, does that make sense what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, just not able to to really um, explore what I valued because someone else was supposed to tell me what was important to me. I, I didn't. I remember even going, I don't even know how I feel about that because I've never had a conversation where my opinion mattered or even explored that in myself to go, what do I feel? How do I feel about this? Mm -hmm. so, right, it's a yeah, very basic right that I didn't even know I, I didn't. A basic right that I didn't even know that I wanted. <laughs> well, this is such a really great point. I'm so glad that you brought that up because this touches on one of the... Um, the conflicts, I guess, that come up or the confusion that comes up for a lot of women is um, you cannot enforce boundaries or standards if you are still dependent. Mm. And when we're coming out of hierarchy programming, which we talk about quite a lot, but you're referring to um, all of this history that yeah. we've come from where we've had no authority, no personal authority, mm -hmm. right? And I'm not talking about, you know, being authority over other people. I'm talking about just being able to make decisions for ourselves. That legally hasn't been a right, right. for, you know, for millennia. For a very, very long time, we haven't had basic rights to make our own decisions. And so it makes a ton of sense that we're still coming from a lot of that programming and, and we're still very uncomfortable with making decisions for ourselves and holding to boundaries and yeah. standards. Um, but I also think... It makes what, us wishy-washy too <laughs> when we don't know. <laughs> totally, yeah, because we're very uncomfortable with having authority. But I also think something that you touched on that's such a key point is that when you are dependent on someone else, so if you are a wife who is totally reliant on her husband to be the authority 
and to provide her needs. You know, there's stay-at-home moms or, or women who are completely reliant on their husband for their, their basic physical needs. Um, I hear a lot of women say, well, I tried to set this boundary. Um, but then what it ultimately comes back to is that boundary isn't enforceable because they have no power. They've given mm -hmm. it all away. When someone else is paying all your bills and someone else is is so intricately involved and powerful in your everyday life experience, you really don't have any teeth. You don't have any any grounds to say this is a standard to access yeah. me. Is that making sense? Oh yeah, that's totally true. And so, you know, I hear a lot of women who throw their hands up and they're like, what do I do? Because, you know, if I stand up to him, I can't because... I could lose everything. Yeah. And, and so, a lot of us have faced that in some form or another, um, some varying degrees. Sometimes it's, you know, I'm... Well, sometimes I'm, it's weaponized. I'm going to take your children, it's right? It's very weaponized. <laughs> so, you know, I think it can be a radically different conversation if we're talking, um, like, in my situation, when I decided to get a divorce, and I did have some some of this power dynamic where there was a very lopsided financial power yeah. on one end than the other. Um, I still, I had a college degree, I had a career, I, I still had things that were very empowering. I cannot even imagine being in that scenario, having um, a house full of children, no work experience, no education, that's, that's a very difficult hole to dig yourself out of. Not impossible. I have watched many women actually empower themselves and free themselves from those situations. Mm -hmm. But we do have to remember that in those situations, um, it, it's, very, it's a whole different dynamic to set boundaries because you don't have the, the same personal power or autonomy. Yeah. You don't have the same level of independence that you're coming to the table with. So it's very imperative that we start honoring ourselves to grow our independence and our ability to take care of our own basic needs so that we can set standards to access us. Because if we don't have um, any of that independence, we're little more than a child. We are simply a dependent in an adult body. Um, and so, and, and I'm not at all demonizing that. That is the culture that we've come from. That is the programming that we've come from. So it is, it is no surprise that, um, that that is how we have developed. And, and it's no fault of anyone's that we grew up with that programming. It is our responsibility now to unravel that programming and start taking back our power. I was just thinking, had I not had a job, um, I because I came from a very toxic home and a lot of alcoholism and that, and if I had not had a job then, I don't know that I would have felt empowered enough to leave and feel mm -hmm. because I could see things differently. And I'm not saying you need to have a job, but I'm just saying finding those ways for me to be more independent allowed me to see a bigger picture of what I could have and what I could attain once I got out of that situation. Whereas, you know, um, without that, I think I would have just, I would have been trapped because I had no power. Yeah. And same way with being in a in a difficult marriage when i was in the difficult marriage i could 
could get myself out of it because I could see things differently. Yeah. And I also had good role models too. So I, I, I could see a different picture once I got myself out of that situation. So. Yeah, yeah, I think that that is particularly very challenging for women, especially this is a, a gender-specific problem because we're generally not seeing, you know, it's a much, much smaller percentage of men yeah. who are um, disempowered by not being um, at least, you know, to some degree financially independent. Um, and and you may be asking yourself, what does this have to do with a healthy relationship? What does this have to do with standards? Actually, this is very, very, very fundamental in having a relationship that is healthy because a healthy relationship is two people who have full personal power. So if, if I'm in a relationship with Marie and I'm totally dependent on Marie and she's providing everything for me, she's providing my home and my food and there's actually no choice then for yeah, me. Yeah, it causes to, codependency. Yeah, I have no choice to leave. And so I believe that true love always is from choice. It's always from want and not from need. So if I'm totally dependent on Marie and I cannot leave her, then it's it's not really a genuine love. I could be thinking in the back of my head, man, I really hate being here, mm. right? Yeah. And how many relationships are like this? Yeah. I hate being here, but I can't say anything. I and can't I better leave because, just make the most yeah. of it because, yeah. Um, and so having a healthy relationship really needs to be based on two people fully capable of caring for themselves and wanting the other person. Now again, you know, I'll go back to what we've shared in, in other um, episodes, and that is um, you get to choose if you want to have hierarchy programming, if you want to have that hierarchy structure in a relationship, you are allowed, you're allowed to do whatever the hell you want with your, your life and your relationships. But we're, we're talking from a perspective if you want a collaborative relationship, if you want a partnership, and a partnership is, is two equal human beings where no one is dominant, no one is submissive. They're two equal people working together. Mutually reciprocating. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, in a hierarchy model, then you do have the, the dependence. You have one person that is, is the provider and the other person who is the receiver. And, and that those roles are very clearly defined. Um, that is not the type of relationship that we are talking about or that we're advocating for. Um, not that that is, is wrong if that's what you choose. Um, Something that just came up for me is women are naturally nurturing. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we think that we're not being loving or nurturing, making choices that are for ourselves. Or, yeah, so... Are, we've been programmed to always think about others. We've been programmed to put their needs before ours, especially, you know, um, if we want to hold on to that relationship. You know, I have to do X, Y, Z in order to hold on to that. And, and that creates this, um, it almost is um, squeezing on the other person, right? Because I'm kind of choking them when I go, oh, I got to hold on to this so hard. And I'm not allowing um, us both to be who we, we are. And um, I, I, I just wanted to address that nurturing part because sometimes we think we're bad mm -hmm. and wrong for wanting things, mm -hmm. especially 
wanting things above someone else. Mm -hmm. Well, and this goes back to when we talked about um, healthy masculine energy. Exactly. We talked about how um, men and women have masculine and feminine energy. And the masculine energy is what we're talking about today. So masculine energy is saying, I have standards. I value myself. I have self-worth to say, you will not treat me that way. Right. And this has been seen as something that is not feminine. It's not Mm. something that women um, should have. They're supposed to be sweet and soft and nurturing and compassionate and understanding and forgiving. And we are all those things. We are. And. And. And that's only enhanced by having self-worth and having standards and doing some things that are actually really uncomfortable because it's not something that we've been allowed to do. Legally, we haven't been allowed to do them. So when when I have standards, when I say um, I value myself enough that this is what is required to be in my home, to share space with me, to access my time, to... Um, to have my labor, you know, what is required to um, exchange for labor that isn't freely given. You know, these things are hard to say. For a long time, they felt like gravel in my mouth. They were so hard and they still can be so hard because that is not what I was trained. That, that's not what I was trained to have. That was not the mindset that I thought a, a good woman should have. And so the you know, I talk a lot about the good girl in my work and and she can be such a saboteur of actually what is self-caring for me because I was so thoroughly taught to be self-sacrificing and to be endlessly patient and and forgiving. To the point where there's nothing left of you. Yes. Yeah. And so standards, although they are so massively uncomfortable, they are so important because this doesn't take away from your giving. And let me, let me explain this. So if I am just someone who gives to anyone who asks, right? And I, I'm just consumed all the time. There's not going to be much left of me and I'm not going to be able to share um, much. Because I don't have anything You'd be to rag give. Jill, not flourishing Jill. And I've been there. I have been. <laughs> I have been. I've been Raggedy Ann. <laughs> Me too. Um, but if I have standards and I say, I love giving. I love giving my time. I love giving my my mind. I love giving gifts, my, my resources. I love giving affection, my body. I love giving those things, but I am choosy about who I give them to, when I feel inspired to give them, not because someone else feels entitled to or them, expects it, but yeah. because I love giving them when I feel inspired to. I don't go against myself. I don't, um, I don't betray myself and my intuition and my desires in order to give and give and give. I give when it's in alignment and I feel inspired to give. Then when I do have those moments of giving, they're so much more powerful. They're so much more powerful. They don't have any resentment or exhaustion attached to them. They're fully wholeheartedly given. So I hope you can see this picture of 
you know, giving in this energy where I'm just totally depleted and never saying no and never having any standards versus this other way of giving where you do have very intentional choices that you're making, who you give yourself to. Um, and that is just a whole different type of giving. It feels very different. Secret to a happy life, you guys. Um, I wanted to address a, um, one other powerful statement in what you said is it makes it easier to choose the people you have in your life, whether it's mm -hmm. a, a romantic relationship or a friendship. It makes decisions really easy because you know what you value and you know um, you know what your standard is and so when it comes to making choices you can say yes I want this and I don't want that mm -hmm. I, I can't even emphasize enough how that's made my life a lot happier and a lot easier if if everybody says relationships are hard and I have to say that it's not it's not always hard when you really know what you do you have moments of of things being difficult yeah because life throws things at you but your relationship if you know what you value what you what you what your standards are it makes things so much easier it's real easy to say that's a yes for me a hell yes and this is definitely a hell no and I, I just wanted to add that piece of how easy it is to make decisions of the people you want in your life I also think about you know what we talked about earlier today which was if you believe you have the right Oh, then you do. Yes. And today I am outrageous enough to say I have the right to an easy relationship. And guess what? I do. My relationship is easy. Do we have difficult moments? Sure. Yes. We all Life do. happens. But my relationship is not the difficult piece. We work through the difficulties of life together. But I don't have a hard relationship where we have fights and we have, you know, these tumultuous um <laughs> i know someone who wanted who was getting married and i was congratulating them and they go it's gonna be a long hard road and i went you're going into a marriage knowing it's gonna be long and hard and you know it just is a whole different um it does mindset mind mm -hmm. shift to say it doesn't have to be hard mm -hmm. and if you're struggling and it's it's hard maybe you're already in a relationship but you know, it's it doesn't have to be. No, it really does not have to be. Um, I think we have told ourselves a lot of things mm -hmm. that we think um, we have to settle for, and and this is a little bit off. Well, no, that it's goes not. back to it's the really loyalty programming, right? Have yeah. to be in this relationship well, forever. <laughs> when we talk about standards, you know, sometimes we think our standards have to be down here um, because we think we can't expect anything more. Um, just the other day, oh my gosh, I heard this comment or saw this comment um, on Facebook where a guy had had given a, a girl a compliment that she he didn't know her, um, but like, you're so beautiful, blah, blah, blah. And she was a little bit uncomfortable with it and she threw it out on Facebook and another guy said, um, guys aren't normally affectionate or emotional, so oh. you should take what you can get. <gasps> And I was like, oh, oh God, no. <laughs> um, here's an example of an, another story that we tell ourselves. You can believe that story. You can believe that with all your heart. And that's probably what you'll experience. However, 
my experience has been that men have been incredibly emotional and, and affectionate and um, very emotionally intelligent. That has been my experience. Mine too. So it's, it's also a requirement. Yeah, uh, well, I, I just believe that. It's mm -hmm. back to that generous assumption. I just believe that there are men that are like that, that haven't been allowed to. So therefore, because you believe that, you set a standard accordingly. Yes. And so I want you to hear this, that if you believe, you know, if, you're, if your thinking is this is all I can get, I should just take what I can get, or, you know, you just don't get everything you want, or like if that is your mindset, then you're going, you're going to settle. And the thing is that you will always get what you're willing to settle for always so settling and standards you know we're talking you know one end of the spectrum and the other i settled for a long time because i didn't actually feel that i was allowed to have standards or that if i had standards that they could actually be met so when i started facing those bullshit beliefs and saying no actually I can have standards, I can invite in, not just invite in, but require certain behaviors from people around me and let go. I had to honor me, I had to honor my standards and I had to let go of anything and everything that didn't match those standards, which is probably the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. Your standards will cost you deeply but they will also be your greatest asset. Both are true because I have let go of so many things because of my standards, but I have also invited in the very best people and people of that, that treat oh. me so well. Yes, see, great me example, too. Great, great example, example right here. <laughs> um, yeah, so you can't, you can't actually have the relationships that you truly dream of and desire unless you're willing to have those standards and hold to them. And a closing thought that I want to make sure is heard is that, you know, a lot of times we look at our relationships as um, non-negotiable, mm -hmm. right? I'm not willing to leave no matter what. And that's okay. However, something will be negotiable. It will either be your standards or it will be your relationships. I live my life knowing that all of my relationships are negotiable. My standards and my values are not. So does this mean that I constantly have relationships rotating in my life? No. I happen to have a lot of amazing people who have no issue with uh, respecting my standards as I respect theirs but they all know and celebrate that if they were out of alignment with my values and standards, that I would need to release them. And that doesn't mean that I don't love them or that they don't love me. It means that I'm willing to release anyone who is going to violate a right of mine or a, uh, a value of mine, right? So if they're out of alignment with my values and my rights, which make up my standards, right? Then they get to go. And that isn't because I don't like them. That's because I love me enough. And them. To honor me and them. Because loving me and honoring me 
is the most loving thing I can do for someone else and them. I want other people to value their standards more than any relationship with me. If being around me requires them to sacrifice their standards, then they should let me go. 1000%. So true. And let it, I, just to add to that, letting go of that allows the space to bring in more joy. And, and like Jillian emphasized, it doesn't mean I'm constantly evolving relationships. It means that those that are here close to me are those people that do know and love me and, and they know me to the core and vice versa. I know them to the core and what they value and what they, what their standards are. And that's why it's a happy relationship. And so if I'm struggling, I have to take a look at why I'm struggling and um and then match that up and yeah. you know going back to the equation is a value or a right being violated is there a new standard that needs to come up um and and just take a look at it and it all comes from taking the time to know myself mm -hmm. and understand myself and believe that i have that right mm -hmm. to the kind of relationship i really i i deserve to have and that you deserve to have and that your person that you're thinking about deserves to have. Because mm -hmm. I might be getting in the way of someone's happiness. I certainly don't want that either. Mm -hmm. And ironically, and Carter and I talk about this a lot, it, the fact that we have that freedom, that you know we don't hold each other to forever. Mm -hmm. There's no forever commitment. You have to stay with me. There is a commitment of, um, I want the best for you mm -hmm. more I want the best for each of us individually more than I want this relationship to work, which then means that we are strictly here out of desire and choosing instead of duty and obligation, mm -hmm. which has actually made a much stronger relationship, much stronger, and one that I actually am far more confident in working out long-term. There's safety and comfort and a, a solidness about it. It feels mm -hmm. very, yeah. Yeah, so it's very interesting, very, um, uh, very much like a paradox that it is, um, it's when we try to nail down a forever commitment that it so many things crumble because the choice is gone then mm -hmm. we've we have made the other person commit to something that is um it's no longer a choice so it takes really the love out of that does that make sense yeah that was wonderful conversation today yeah, really thank was. you for being here thank you so much 100 percent. yes um all right so in closing um, let me... What do we got next week? Yeah, let me pull up our next topic so you know what's coming up. Um, we have maintaining autonomy next mm. week. So, um, you can expect, expect that next week we will go into more of that topic, um, about, um, being able to be more independent and not relying on someone else for your basic needs. Autonomy is going to be a really important, uh, key topic that we talk about <clears throat> um, regarding specifically women and, and being a more um, independent partner and why that's valuable. Um, let's see. Our retreat is coming up in September, the Warrior Goddess Retreat. 
So if you would love to dig deeper into some of these topics about hierarchy, specifically breaking down hierarchy programming and inviting in more uh, collaborative partnerships and reclaiming feminine power, your feminine authority that has really been stolen from you and broken down over the last couple of millennia. Um, that and your divine authority amazing. too. Yep, mm. totally. Uh, Honoring the divinity in you. Yeah. Your divine authority, really important key stuff. So if that resonates for you at all, uh, check out my website, jillianaurora.com and you can click on signature programs and the Warrior Goddess Retreat. And that is going to be uh, mid-September in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, which is absolutely gorgeous. It is a, a very sacred spiritual place. It has a lot of um, mountains and it's just it's going to be spectacular in the fall so check that out and what else if you're in Boise coming up here we have Kim Fest yeah, coming up um, on the 8th which is a Sunday so please uh, please join us if you're in Boise come check us out I will have a booth with everything unapologetic and Marie will be there. Yeah, with uh, Warrior Goddess and some other spiritual things. So, yeah. We'll be next to each other. Yeah, yeah, come check us out. <laughs> um, what else? Anything I'm missing? Uh, check us out on our Facebook group, Braveheart Conversations. You can check out any of our past episodes there. You can join in discussions about any of the podcasts. You can also find us on pretty much any podcasting platform that you're interested in. And you can find us every week, Thursday mornings around 10-ish, Mountain Standard Time. And with that, I will close If you close have questions. Up. Oh, questions. Yes, yes, yes. I knew I was forgetting something. <laughs> questions. If you want to email us, you can email me at defytheaverage at gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments, challenges, uh, topic requests, Marie. You can Marie at mariesgold.com. Yeah, we welcome them. Yeah, please do. Um, so... Yes, I hope you have a fantastic week. Stay cool out there. I know it's a bit warm, um, but yeah, stay cool, have fun, and we'll enjoy see you next the rest week. of your summer. Yeah. Okay. Bye, guys. <laughs>